listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome into the program. I'm Rick Benson. With me, as always, is Zach Barletta. Glad to have you with us as well. BTGprogram.com or at BTGprogram. Now, I'm sure that you are no different, but sometimes as a teenager and even as a young child, my parents would give me advice. They'd give me a set of rules that were for my own protection. I may not have liked them. And of course, being human at times, I would rebel against such rules. Many were simple, most were fairly generic, but all had the intention of keeping us kids safe. But then there would be that one kid you knew who, you know, they had no such rules. They could do whatever want you, mm-hmm. they wanted. And maybe you were envious that they could do whatever they wanted, but the reality was it was poor parenting. Our culture today is full of those types of examples. The reality is parenting's hard work. It's not fun standing your ground as children rebel. It's not fun enforcing the rules and invoking discipline when those rules are broken. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes plenty of sacrifice to invest in your kids, to teach them not just right from wrong, but things they should know. Too often, parents let their child run wild as they sit and watch TV themselves scrolling through their cell phone or just chatting with friends or kids are just all over the place, as I am sure you do. I see many parents who don't discipline their children at all because of the effort it takes. Yes, it's a pain in the butt, though in the long run, your child will benefit from it and be protected by the boundaries you've set up. Now, it was encouraging this week for me to see the NFL stand its ground And though it wasn't disciplining one of its players, it was standing firm on safety standards regarding helmets. You're all familiar with the Antonio Brown situation, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Not that the league had too much choice on the matter when Brown started having a fit about not being able to, uh, not being allowed to wear his older, outdated model helmet. In the wake of not only lawsuits, but all the scrutiny and attention on player safety, the NFL couldn't bend on this one, not even if their perceived golden child, Tom Brady, of course, also complained about the new helmet standard. After barefooting through a cryotherapy session, how much stock can you really put into Brown's sense of safety? He's like that child who hurts himself falling out of a tree, and now he wants to jump his bike over his little sister, Evil Knievel style. <laughs> this is the guy that bleached his mustache, so I don't know what, <laughs> what more you can expect. But The NFL is under pressure to keep up with equipment innovations, make sure all its players have the most advanced technology in order to keep them safe. But Brown was so determined to use his older helmet, a model which is over 10 years old, and no longer made by the company, that he had a two-hour conference call with an independent arbitrator to argue why he should be allowed to wear it. Now, my understanding is that any helmet uh, more than 10 years old is automatically no longer 
uh, certified by the National Operating Committee on Standards for Athletic Equipment, NACSE. And parents, when your child is playing sports that requires safety equipment, such as a batting helmet or football helmet, you should be looking for that stamp that proves it's NACSE approved. Now, of course, it's it's not this simple as I just made it out to be. Antonio Brown is not just simply being belligerent and refusing to change. Uh, if you're in ministry, you know the type of attitude I'm talking about. <laughs> there's more to it. For one, athletes are creatures of habit. And there's a familiarity. There's a comfort with the equipment he uses. For another, as was reported, maybe the new equipment caused him some problems. It didn't feel right. It was distracting. The face guard blocked some of his line of sights that he was accustomed to. I, I can understand that. Sometimes the littlest changes are big deals to professional athletes. So I don't want to mischaracterize Antonio Brown as being childish. And at the same time, you have to respect the league doing what it should be doing, enforcing rules designed to keep its players safe. Whether or not they like it is of no consequence. Now that he lost a grievance against the NFL over wearing his old helmet, he's on social media trying to find a version of that older style helmet that's less than 10 years old. As we record this, I believe he's found some. He and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, has found a source for these helmets. Now, whether or not he can get them certified, whether the NFL is going to go along with it, Brown may have no choice but to just deal with it. We'll see how this turns out. The fact that he reportedly threatened to retire if he was not allowed to wear his old helmet. Well, that actually is a bit childish, sort of holding his breath until he gets his way. Mm -hmm. In society, we have rules, rules that were established by man. Most of the rules probably came about as a means to correct some sort of problem or to protect the public good. But none of these rules are as important as the rules which God has established. In fact, God's rules trump those made by man. And just like there are rules of men which we may not fully understand and rules we may question, there may be rules of God's which we may not understand them, but they're there. There are speed limits in certain places, which I'm sure I don't understand what they're for. There are some places that tell you to do 35. It's a long straightaway. I should be able to do 50. Mm -hmm. But the law says I have to go 35. And even some, sometimes I, I don't understand the things of God, what he does, what he demands. Those rules are there for my protection, just like the speed limits there for my protection, as well as the protection of others. And if I don't obey them, there are consequences. These things that God has established are not just there to take away our fun. If we're not careful and we disobey, they can have drastically negative effects in our lives. God established his rules with the knowledge of an omniscient being, with 100% certainty that his ways are the best ways. There's no wondering when it comes to God rules, if it's, if it's the best thing or, or, or if it's going to work. By following his rules and implementing them into our lives, it's his intention that we live the best lives that we can live. Yet there's always this desire to mingle with the culture, to find some sort of middle ground where we can have our cake and eat it too, to give up a little bit of righteousness to enjoy a little bit of sin. But God knows better. And so he commands us such things as, well, don't be conformed to this world, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He tells us to flee immorality, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. 
God gives us very specific instructions in order to protect us from dangers which we don't always discern. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. We must guard the critical points of entry into our hearts. Though it may seem like, again, keeping us from having fun, we must monitor such things as music, television, the internet, movies, etc. Just like parenting, being obedient to God's commandments is hard work, and really it comes with a price. There will likely be sacrifices which have to be made, but just like parenting, that price is not nearly as difficult as are the results of compromise. It's no different today than it was in Old Testament times. Our culture strives to gain control of our hearts, but for your own good, we must fight the urge to compromise. Remember that if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you pledge control of your heart to him. The Apostle Paul battled a thorn in his side throughout his life, and the world around us will be a constant temptation to us, which will be a thorn in our side. But remember that God knows more of what we need, more than we know ourselves. We just need to trust him, trust and obey. A word of encouragement to fight the good battle, to remain strong in your faith. Thanks again for being with us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer, because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. The Power Up Sports Ministry Conference is October 8th in Grand Rapids, Michigan, at the offices of Our Daily Bread Ministries. You'll hear from Clark Kellogg of CBS Sports, Carolina Hurricanes Chaplain Sid Graham and his wife Kristen, and from Mike Moore, Chaplain with the Houston Dynamo. It's the Power Up Sports Ministry Conference October 8th. Register at PowerUpSportsMinistry2019.eventbrite.com. 
Coming to you from Rochester, New York, you found the Beyond the Game radio program recording in the BTG studio, but you know you can get the show wherever it is that you are. And this week we say hello and thank you to Winter Haven, Florida, one of the many places to download last week's program. Channel Lakes Parks, the one-time spring training home of both the Boston Red Sox and the Cleveland Indians located there in Winter Haven. So many great ballplayers coming through there over the years. Yeah. Country star Jake Owen was born in Winter Haven, as was the late great Graham Parsons. Baltimore Orioles' Trey Mancini, also born in Winter Haven, Florida. To those of you in Winter Haven, we thank you for listening. Wherever it is you're listening from, whether it be on the radio, through our podcast, we thank you for being with us as well. Here now is my good friend Zach Barletta with this week's Shenanigans Statements. The NCAA has amended its so-called Rich Paul rule and will no longer require agents to have a bachelor's degree. Truth or shenanigans, this was the right move by the NCAA. Yeah, I think it was. It took a lot of backlash when they first announced it, and and rightfully so. I don't think, of course, what do I know, that the NCAA was intentionally trying to weed out Rich Paul or similar. I just think it was a bad look for them. If you work hard and you accomplish something, a bachelor's degree is nice, but here, I'm somebody without one. And that's not to say, look, I've accomplished all these great things. That's not my point. But there are a lot of people who have worked hard in life and have gotten where they are without the benefit of a bachelor's degree. Now, I know what they were trying to do. I know they were trying to protect their players. Mm-hmm. I just think they were unnecessarily eliminating a group of people or narrowing it down to to finally unnecessarily. I agree. I do think it was the right move by the NCAA, which cannot say that often. But uh, first of all, what's to say that somebody with a bachelor's degree can't rip you off just as much as somebody That's a good without? Point. You know, they might be, like you said off air, able to do it more educatedly or in a better way. Um, So I don't think that's as big of a deal as it's made out to be. Also, I think by eliminating the need for a bachelor's degree, you open up the possibility to former players to become agents. Mm. Um, You know, a lot of players, good players, don't play all four years in the NCAA. You know, they're one and done, two and done. They're in the NBA fairly quickly. I think that... Being able to, maybe if you're a former player, come back, become an agent. If you know, fairly confident you know how contracts work, become an agent. Now that's available to you. So I think, yeah, that's the right move by the NCAA, and uh, I applaud them. Yeah, it, you know, it's like Angie's List. They try to protect you from <laughs> ending up with a contractor who doesn't know really anything about being a contractor. So there's Angie's List. You can go and get some good reviews. Well, same thing here. That's what the NCAA was trying to do. Yeah, this this corrects a misstep on there, and, and I think they need to be applauded because, as you said, they take a lot of, they get a lot of shots at them for mm-hmm. not doing the right thing. This is a good step by them for saying, hey, you know what? We may have made a mistake here. I, I get what you're saying. Let's correct that. Let's fix that. We give props to the NCAA so rarely. I think we have to do it when we have a chance, right? Right. Well, any anybody, they, it's fair is fair. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. 
of all the legitimate potential wildcard teams in either the American League or National League, the New York Mets would be the one team nobody wants to play. Well, you're a big proponent of the Mets' playoff chances, so why don't you tell me what you think about this? I don't know how I suddenly became Mets guy as a big Yankee fan and longtime uh, person who makes fun of the Mets, but now that I've gone on the radio and said that I think they're going to be a wildcard team, I find myself having to root for them, which is a weird position to be in, Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with my guns and say, yeah, I wouldn't want to face them either in a wildcard game or short series. As you have brought up before, their pitching staff is just so good. You know, we we laughed, or at least I laughed, when they went out and got Marcus Stroman, thinking, what are they going to need Marcus Stroman for? But suddenly, if they get in and get into a short series, and you're looking at DeGrom and Syndergaard and Stroman and Wheeler, that's pretty scary. In a wildcard game, when it's sort of all hands on deck, their bullpen's not very good, but you can just go to starter after starter coming out of the bullpen. That's pretty scary, so... Um, of all the potential teams, you know, most of the teams that are in that hunt have a weakness here or there. The way the Mets are swinging the bat, the way their pitching staff looks, I wouldn't want to face them. Yeah, I would think that they are the one team that nobody wants to play because they do have the great pitching, as you've alluded to. They're in a position where they can throw a great pitcher at you and still be in good shape to throw more great pitching in a short series after they move on from the wild card game. But they've got a good offense, too. So, yeah, I, I think nobody's going to want to play them. I don't either. Number three, the first week following the first NFL preseason games are legendary for the amount of overreaction by fans on Twitter and elsewhere, uh, which I think is a symptom of just being so starved for football since yeah, February. Probably. Indianapolis Colts fans, their fears of prolonged Andrew Luck absence. Truth or shenanigans, that's more legitimate than the Jaguars getting shut out 31 to nothing by Baltimore. Getting shut out, again, we're talking about classic overreaction. Mm -hmm. But the Jacksonville Jaguars were a disappointment and are supposed to be this, well, now with with Nick Foles, are going to be this great team and there's a a vaunted defense. That, That defense gave up 31 points to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I get it. Your starters probably only play a series or two. I, but I think that's unsettling if if you're a fan of the Jaguars. But I think I agree with the statement that Andrew Luck's absence is a concern. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a clean sweep for me agreeing with all three of the statements. But I think the big thing for me is we just saw a couple seasons ago, We just saw Andrew Luck miss the whole season with an injury that wasn't supposed to be that bad. Good point. You know, he had that issue and it was, well, he might miss the camp in the summer. Oh, he might miss some preseason games. Oh, he might miss the first two weeks of the season. And it ended up being all of those things and then the entire regular season. And as we've seen from the Colts, they're a really good team with Andrew Luck. Without Andrew Luck, not so great. So... Um, the fact that we just saw the same situation, you know, we, I just got an alert recently on Tuesday that, uh, oh, now Andrew Luck is expected to miss the entire preseason. This was an injury, the calf injury that should have been healed in time for training camp. And then it wasn't, and it should have been healed in time for preseason games. And then it wasn't. And now you have the owner coming out on Tuesday and saying, well, he has quote, a small little bone issue. And that's the first we've heard. So now there's an injury we didn't even know about down there. And it's just, 
it feels eerily similar to two years ago when, oh, he should be fine until he wasn't. On the flip side of this question, uh, I haven't watched the tape from that Jaguars and Ravens game. I probably will soon with Game Pass, but um, from looking through the stats, it doesn't look like the Jags had a lot of starters in. So, you know, look, 31 to nothing's a bad look, but when it's your scrubs, it's not really an emergency. Uh, so the Andrew Luck injury, I think, is much more alarming for me than that. When we come back, you like that? We'll finish out this week's show. Thanks for listening. This is the Beyond the Game program. Hey, gang, Benson here again. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Beyond the Game program. While Zach and I have fun talking sports, it's even more exciting for us to have this opportunity to share with you the greatest and most important news that there is. I assume I'm talking to a reasonably bright group of people. That's why you listen to this radio station. So, of course, you can decide for yourself what to do with what I'm telling you, but at least give me this moment or two to share with you what's on my mind. Because, as I'm sure you know, every one of us is a sinner, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. That means we'll spend all of eternity in hell trying to pay the debt of our sin. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned. It comes short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us, so much so that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was the only one who never sinned. And though he needed not to die, he willingly did so on the cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt which we owed. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity of despair. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But the good news is after he died, Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Instead, he rose again, defeating death and making eternal life in heaven possible as a result of his righteousness. Sports Talk Radio is fun, but it also allows us to share this message of the forgiveness of sins with people all around the world who we'll probably never get to meet. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people everywhere. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I hope you'd pray to God and admit to him that you know you're a sinner and tell him that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and ask him to forgive you your sins. Begin a new way of life, turning from sin and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, how to become a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Once again, thanks so much for listening to the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. 
And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. The Power Up Sports Ministry Conference is October 8th in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the offices of Our Daily Bread Ministries. You'll hear from Clark Kellogg of CBS Sports, Carolina Hurricanes Chaplain Sid Graham and his wife Kristen, and from Mike Moore, Chaplain with the Houston Dynamo. It's the Power Up Sports Ministry Conference October 8th. Register at powerupsportsministry2019.eventbrite.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back into the program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barlevic. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, I don't know if they are of the household of faith, but what I like this week was NFL star Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns Baker Mayfield, insisting on staying on the field to sign autographs for some military personnel. I don't know. This is going back 10 days, two weeks or so. He was The team had waved him off the field. The autographs were, were over. The autograph session was over. He refused to come off the field, and he stood there, took selfies with some of the soldiers, signed autographs until every last one of them had gotten the autograph or the picture they had sought. So what I like this week is Baker Mayfield taking like time that. out to honor our military personnel what i like this week was also the cleveland browns ironically enough damon shii giuseppe uh a few months ago he was sleeping outside and homeless because he couldn't even afford a hotel room to sleep in he crashed a workout in miami for potential nfl players ran a 4.3840 got an invitation to a tryout with cleveland slept in a 24-hour gym via Hmm. guest passes as a place to live Charged his phone in the laundromat. Fast forward to this past Thursday night in his first game as a Brown. Had an 85-yard return touchdown. Great story. It was fantastic to see his teammates piled on and were really happy for him. He got a game ball after the game. I don't know what the future holds for Damon Shee Giuseppe, but that 85-yard return touchdown after the story of how he got there is what I like this week. That's a great story. That's it for us this week. Remember, this radio program is only on the air thanks to the generous support of our listeners. It's because of your prayers and your financial gifts that make the Beyond the Game radio program possible. Please pray about becoming a supporter of this radio ministry. If you feel led to give a gift of any amount, please visit our website, btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson, Lord willing. We'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 